Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I spoke to my mom. There is there are two spirits in this house, oh, and fuck. it's it's the man and his mum who used to live here. They, they both died in the house. Well, what's his beef with breathwork? I I don't think it's with breathwork. I think he's actually really curious about this stuff, and he gets really excited, and then it fucks up. Okay, so sorry, did you just say they both died in the house? Yeah. I was like, thanks for letting me know. I'm like, Mom, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't want to alarm you, but there's an entity in your house. She's like, oh, Bill. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh she's Bill. Like, yeah. She's yeah. like, Bill. Bill. Bill used to live in the house. He was blind. His mum died in the house, and then he turned blind, and then he died. I was like, oh. She's like, yeah, I talked to him. I'm like, okay, I'll just talk to him. I'll just let him know I'm here. All right, Bill. We love you. We hold space for you, but can you please not mess with our recording today? Thank, Thank you, you so Bill. Much. Where there's a bill, there's a way. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of The Middle. I'm Holly as a party. And I'm Jordana Levine. I miss and you! Not I miss together! So sad seeing you where I should be sitting right beside you. I know. Isn't it weird? It's so funny. Those four, was it four or five days that you were here? Five. Five. Those five days you were here felt like a few weeks, not because I was like, oh my God, go home. But longest week of my life. (laughs) (laughs) We got a lot done and it felt, yeah, it feels weird that you're not here now. Weird I'm not there too. It's taken me a bit to adjust back to the Sydney way of doing things. And interestingly, we had this chat, George, but our listeners were noticing too in the energy read last week that my voice had dropped and I was slower and more grounded. And, I mean, listen to me now, it hasn't taken much for me to get back into the Sydney way of doing things, of just like all of the high pitch and all of the speaking and all of the fast-paced frenetic energy. So... Um, I guess when I know this is, you didn't really ask me how my week's been because we've been together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how's the last few days been? That, yeah, what I was going to say was the last few days have been this adjustment period of coming back to Sydney, but also knowing that I go to Vipassana next Wednesday, which is 10 days of silence. So no speaking, no journaling, no reading, no essential oils or crystals what um and it's nine day nine hours a day of meditation now i know there will be people listening to this going what the fuck i could never do that and that was even me you know one year ago let alone six months ago (laughs) but it's something that i've been feeling called to do and having that in the back of my head it's almost like i've wanted to disconnect myself this week from the noise and the chatter and the fast-paced energy of Sydney in the lead-up to landing there next Wednesday. So it's a really, really prominent space in between. And add to that a house move where we've packed up our apartment and we're officially, our first night in will be Saturday night, so tomorrow night. It's just this like very obvious space of transition that I'm in right now. And I'm just doing my best to surrender and trust and be as comfortable as I can in those moments. So good. That's so ah, good. Yay. Your day's been boring ah. and lonely bad without me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been talking about you a lot since you left. Um, favorably, favorably. I haven't, been, I haven't been talking about you behind your back. Um, yeah, they've been good. I'm gearing up to come to Sydney next week, so it will be the week that the listeners are listening to this. Um, I've got I've got this amazing event. I'm going to do a quick shout-out. It's free if anyone's around. We're holding a breakfast event at the Sydney Opera House. Fuck off. And I'm leading... 
we're hoping to get about 200 people, leading 200 people through a guided meditation and gratitude session in the Opera House. It's free. There will be info on my social media if you're keen to join. If you work near the Opera House or in the CBD, I think it starts at 7.30 in the morning. Um, Amazing. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. So I've just been getting ready for that and just organizing all of that sort of stuff, feeling a bit weird about coming to Sydney, but because it's Mm -hmm. such a beautiful event and I'm literally flying in on the Tuesday and flying out on the Wednesday. Oh, I feel pet. okay about it. And then it's my birthday on the Thursday. Yes, it's your birthday week. Yes, by the time yes. that the listeners are listening, it's your birthday week. It's my birthday so, week. And one, Holly, two, two, oh. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, DJ. Happy birthday to you. Thanks, Yay. Hull. Hull's going to be in Vipassana on my birthday, which has made me... Very upset because I was really looking forward to a song and dance (laughs) the morning off. It's what I like to do on birthdays. It's also (laughs) my best friend in the world's birthday. Leah, shout out. Happy birthday week on the 7th. And I'll be in Vipassana for that too. And we've had birthdays together for like 29 years. So it's so weird like to think that I'm literally, I just don't exist for 10 days. So it's about it. It's mental, isn't it? What am I going to do? It's going to be so strange. You're not even going to be on social media. Nope. 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 I'm deleting everything. It's all gone. And then they take your phone. They take it and they lock it away. What do you mean you're deleting it? Well, I'm going to delete Voxer, Instagram, Facebook. I'm going to delete everything before I go in because when I come out, I'm really nervy that I'll be inundated with all of this stimulation and I want to ease myself into that. So when I turn my phone on when I come out, it will just be like text messages that I can catch up on and everything else I can ease myself into. Oh, okay. But not like delete your accounts. No, 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 no. Jeez, Holly. Me? Never. (laughs) I'm going extreme, but not that extreme. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I cannot wait to hear about it. We'll do a recap on the middle, right? Oh, hell to the yeah. It will be a try something new. (laughs) Yeah, try something new. I'm so excited. I can't, I've heard so many different experiences of it, um, but they've all been positive. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone that I've spoken to has said it's the most challenging yet rewarding thing they've ever done. And the closer I get to it, the more excited I am by it and the less fearful I am. So watch this space. And you bought a nice new wardrobe for it too. Yeah, you were with me when I was yeah. like, I'm going to get this shawl and this shawl and these pants <laughs> and this jumper and, yeah. And do you know what I thought, actually? I thought of you this morning. You'll love this. Yeah. I thought I'm going to take 10 banjo bears in with me and that can be my way of tracking the days. So I eat a bear each day to know how many how many bears I have left. You know what's, you know what's a really good way to track the days as well? <laughs> A calendar? Yeah, and like the sun coming up every morning. <laughs> Do you think yeah, you're going to lose count? Banjo bears just make it fun and it's like something to look forward to. I don't even know if you're allowed to take them in. I don't think in. you're allowed to take them in, Holly. <laughs> Am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> yeah, and then some lucky dude at Vipassana is going to have like this um, collection of banjo bears that he's confiscated. Can you imagine some of the stuff they confiscate and they're just like, yeah. They confiscate so many things. Like our friend Blake smuggled in his journal and then they had someone like throw him under the bus and say on day eight, this guy's been doing it wrong. He's been journaling. And the monk like took him aside and made him give his journal back. (laughs) Yeah, but they gave it back to him. Yeah, this is true. I know. It's just, it's wild, wild. Um, Are you okay? No, I'm choking. Oh, what was that? Was that tea? Was that cacao? What was it? It was cacao. Oh, I'm excited about it. The, yeah. the theme of this episode, guys, is cacao, just so you know. Cacao, so... cacao. <laughs> no, actually, we're going we're gonna to talk something a little wild, full mm. stop wild, like wild today. And I don't know that many of you guys would expect us to talk about this because I don't think we appear to be very sporty kind of gals. But but we were having a chat when I was up in B-Town with George. We were driving past a big oval. This is just this is just an example of how like hopeless I am with sport. I was like a big soccer football oval field thing with the posts. And George turned to me and she's like, do you watch sport? And then this conversation 
unpacked and we're like, this needs to be an episode. Um, and so we're going to talk about sport, but in the context of our relationship with it growing up, what it kind of brought out in us as children, as teenagers, and our relationship with sport now. And I, I feel like it's important to say this is an exercise chat like we did a few episodes ago. This is literally in the context of team sports and sports growing up. Mm. So, George, what's your experience with it? What were you like as a kid and as a teenager when it came to team sports and sporting activities? Oh, well, I wasn't particularly sporty. Um, I did like I did a lot of dance classes. So I went to a performing arts school did you school. yeah <laughs> I'm so jealous yeah so I did lots of ballet and dancing and acting every morning and every afternoon as part of the school curriculum um and they weren't so big on sports I mean I think they played Saturday sports but it was not a thing then I got to high school private girls school in Sydney schmancy pants and yeah. sport was a big deal but I'd never really played sport and so I didn't really know what I was doing um and I can't really Pin, I can't really pinpoint it, but I had this real concept in my head that I couldn't move past about disappointing other members of the team if right. I wasn't good enough. And it's funny right. because I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty good at most things that I apply myself to. Like if I want to get good at something and I apply myself, I can be pretty good at it. I don't know what I thought my limitations were around sport because, like I said, I was quite active But now that I know a little bit more about limiting beliefs and where you can kind of have an idea and just think it over and over and over again and before you know it, it's become a belief system, I definitely did that around team sports. And so I avoided them at all costs. And I think the other thing was that my mum, love her to death, but she never made me do anything I didn't want to do. So if I said I don't want to do Saturday sports, she said, okay, instead of which I kind Ah. of wish she'd done, saying... Babe, try it out. Like, do a season. If you don't love it, then you don't have to do it next season. But there was never any kind of pushing, which I know is a parenting style, but there's parts of me that I kind of wish I'd been pushed out a little bit better. In saying that, I was going to dance classes on Saturday morning. So it's like, you know, I don't know. But now, like, as an adult, if someone says to me, do you want to play a game of basketball? Or, like, (laughs) do you want to join, like, uh, a netball team we'll play on Wednesday nights I honestly get cold sweats like really I, yeah it's, and is it still that belief of I'm gonna let the team down yeah it is and uh, I'm just gonna tell the listeners what happened when I said this to you <laughs> yeah, because I said this to Holly I was like you know I've got this irrational fear that there's gonna be a member in the team that's just gonna be so disappointed if I miss a shot or I don't make a goal and they're gonna yell at me. And if they don't yell at me, they're gonna be like yelling on the inside. And Holly's like, oh yeah, that'd, that'd be me. Like I'm that person. I can't I, handle I when know. people let the team down. And I was like, oh my God. It brought out, team sport was like my life growing up. Yeah. And it brought out the worst in me. And it's why I haven't played it in, when did I stop playing netball? Maybe when I was like 23. So I was playing netball from the age. Yeah, I was playing netball from the age of like maybe nine, eight or nine. So I've, and I was a coach and I was an umpire and I trained fun net and I, you know, like fun net is. Oh, well, I don't think many listeners (laughs) would. It's like, it's like the kids, like, it's like the four year olds before they can actually play a proper game of netball. Like, they're so cute. But for me, like team sport brought out my competitive side and I'm exceptionally competitive, like very fucking competitive. I don't know if that's obvious. Is it obvious that I'm competitive? <laughs> I'm I, bet I'm, I bet I'm more competitive than you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of, it is kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, team sport like exacerbated that to the point where I would feel physically sick and almost going to throw up on mornings of like the semi-finals like final season in netball was peak anxiety for me because if we didn't win what was the point like my life was over if we didn't win honestly it was awful like you guys should see Jordan's face (laughs) she's like what the fuck but truly it was it brought out the worst in me did you enjoy playing sport though or was it just because you wanted to win 
It was, do you know what? It was probably 50-50 and especially toward the end, I was doing it because I'd always done it and I thought I should. And it was the first real lesson in me where I didn't have to do something just because I'd always done it before. Mm. Um, and that was especially in the context of netball. So I played netball all my life. I played touch football in high school um, and I, you know, and they were my two main sports. Uh, but I also did dancing growing up as well. So it was dance netball and touch footy and my dad would take me down to the oval and like do sprint drills with me and make me run and do athletics and so it was constant like sport was a way for me to connect with my family and it was like a beautiful friendship connection too but toward the end of my relationship with it I noticed do you know what happened actually and I'm, I'm I'm truly embarrassed and ashamed to share this but I made an umpire cry like one of the netball umpires yeah. Oh, how? What did I, you say? I was just being an asshole on the court. Like, was it a student was, or a adult? No, she was. She was an adult. She was like a, a parent. Yeah, and I was. I know. And I was an umpire too. And I like people like players had made me cry in the past. But I was. Well, that so is no furious. reason to make other people cry. No, Molly. it wasn't. It really wasn't, George. I was just so angry at the injustice yeah. of the poor umpiring. I know this sounds ridiculous. This is what I'm saying. It brought out the worst in me toward the end where I was like slamming the ball down and going, this is fucked on the court and like being so horrible and horribly competitive where I was like, I don't like this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And so I stopped playing and I I haven't played a team sport since. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, like uh, for so long, I, I tried to tell myself that, I was being irrational and that my fears of how people would perceive me not doing well on the team were were just made up but like they're not right they're not no they're actually not but the, the, <laughs> no it, but it's awful because the lesson for me and like obviously I was not deep in the work back then I was very uh, like this whole world was so unknown to me but looking back on it now and I have unpicked it with my coach in the past especially last year my belief was what what's the point in doing something if you're not going to be the best at it yeah truly which is why I don't play sport you know right it's it's a thing. If I'm if I'm not the best at something, I don't want to do it, which is horrible. That is terrible. That is not a way to live your life. Well, because you're missing out on so many fun opportunities yeah. that, and you're missing the point. Like in my experience, it's not to do with winning. And I actually had a very humbling experience recently where there was a manifestation I was working on and it looked like it was all going according to my plan. There's a lot of ego tied up in this thing coming together and then when it didn't work out the way I had intended it to it was like who am I when I'm not the winner or when I'm not the achiever and it took that identity away from me once more and I sat with it I'm like actually I'm still a fucking solid person I don't need to be winning to be achieving to be center of attention to have a beautiful life experience so in that regard it's actually quite humbling to reflect on the beliefs around, you know, be it winning or be it being the best in your team sport or be it yeah. whatever it is. It's interesting though, isn't it? Because these are the realizations that we have as adults. And I think that there's not enough education or training or coaching around it as children when we're yes. experiencing these team environments and these um, competitive streaks within us. And I see a lot, my sister, if you're listening, she knows she's like this. She's so competitive in team sports. I remember (laughs) when she used to play hockey, like it was scary. It's violent. Yeah, Yeah. it was really scary. Um, They were all scary. I mean, those hockey girls. Oh, I tell you what, those shins were getting very bruised. And um, water polo, they're fucking scary as well. Yeah, right? (laughs) And I feel like maybe there should be some sort of system within the school system I mean maybe there is now there wasn't when we were playing sports about um your validity if if you're not great at sports you know you're still a wonderful person or what it means to be overly competitive and how 
competitiveness is is a motivator and a drive, but it can't be your sole purpose in sports. Yes. I don't know. Like there, there does need to be conversation around this, Jones, because mm. I don't know, were you one of those girls when it came to PE and it was like, oh, I can't be bothered, I'm going to say I have my period? Oh. Like that was a common thing. Well, I mean, I had a few different things going on. Like if we had swimming, because we had – we had pools at school. I had my period every week. I don't know how the <laughs> teachers didn't realize. Yeah. But I had the whole thing going on with my with breasts boobs. at the time. And I was like, I can't swim. Because no. we only had one-piece swimsuits. And so I couldn't wear one-piece swimsuits before I got the implant because there was nothing to hold the chicken fillet in. Of course. Right? And I don't know why we didn't just have a conversation with the school. I feel like that's probably something that they would have understood or I don't know, but we just never did. I Look, I always found a reason not to play to get out of PE. It's so bad. I regret it so much because I love um, group activities and I love yes. being active and fit. And so sport should appeal to me and something – happened i need to do some sort of regression with zoe over it because there must have been there must have been a point an incident or just a something that there was probably an arsehole on your team like me who rolled their eyes at you when you dropped (laughs) the ball have we met before (laughs) have we been playing sports maybe like but that that is the thing those little moments can really stick with you like I, I, you know, can still remember moments netball, like getting elbowed in the ribs and like, you know, mm. like really, it really brings out a nasty side. I'm not saying this is for everyone, by no, the way. Like, no. it's, this is clearly the extreme. <laughs> like, I like to take We're both like the, the extreme, extreme of, I know, of the <laughs> sports. <laughs> We're really meeting in the middle here. Yeah, we really um, are. But I heard, I went to an event last night hosted by my beautiful friend, Katie Willie. Hi, Katie and- Willie. Hi, Katie Willie. Thanks listen? for listening. Well, she she does listen. listen. No, she really listens. <laughs> okay, she loves. <laughs> so Katie and I, we have a really interesting story. We only met this year on a trip to Thailand. We were roomies together. But before, we'd known each other in the industry by doing the event circuit. But I was so intimidated by Katie because she's a professional athlete. So she ran, like sprinted, did beach sprints for Australia. In her in her division at the age, I think it was of 19, she was the fastest woman in the world. Now, what Katie doesn't know that is, is that, isn't that crazy? The fastest woman in the world. Like she's so fucking good in at her sport. In the world. In the world. In the world. Like that's how fast she is. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like really quick. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you could say she's very fast. Um, when I was coaching with Blake last year around wanting to get back into team sports and getting back into exercise, he suggested that I train with Katie. And do you know what I said? Okay, what would you say, George? Uh, well, if I was you, I would say, well, I'm never going to be better than Katie. So what's the point? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I'm like, oh, there's absolutely no way I'm going to train with her because she's way better than me. She's the fastest chick in the world. Like she was at one point. No way. And so I missed the opportunity of actually connecting with her earlier because I'd created this story of she's better than me at that. So I'm not going to get in the arena and even try with her because of that. And what a missed opportunity that is. She's now one of my closest friends. Isn't that crazy? Do you train together? Look, she took us through a training session in Thailand. And my other friend, actually our other mutual friend, Janella, who's also incredibly fit, and Blake, who's also fucking incredibly yeah. fit. They were like, let's do water burpees. And then we got to do this, like, literally burpees in the fucking water. I saw it. You guys Instagrammed it, right? Yes. I was like, I can't even do burpees on, like, the concrete. How would I do them in the water? I'm going to put the video in Facebook because it's so funny. You see all these fit people burpeeing in the water. And then you see me <laughs> just slamming myself down. But do you know what? I got in there and I gave it a crack. Yeah. I wasn't the best in a long shot and I still had so much fun. And I don't care if it seems patronising, but they were all like, good on your hole. You gave it a go. No, it's true. It's true. And like, that's I really what you did need. Give it a go. It's, it's the encouragement. And this takes me back to school sports. It's like... And, and, you know, I mean, it's not it's not part of it, so they absolutely shouldn't. But I feel like maybe I would have played if I hadn't played so well that day. People were going, you know what? You did really well anyway. <laughs> you know, but nobody does that. I mean, nobody does. I don't do that. 
Maybe people, well, I think it is a parent's thing. My dad was a sideline parent, like yelling, like not in an aggressive way, sometimes aggressive, but like, <laughs> come on, get the ball, intercept, oh, okay. what was that, you know? And especially yeah. with my brother. My brother was a, um, a rep representative cricket player. I used to score cricket games just saying, I know what a dot ball is and <laughs> 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 I'm signaling. I'm signaling straight over my head in case but everyone's I, wondering. I think everyone was. They just tuned out for a split second. They were like, "Cricket out." Um, <laughs> but I feel that our parents can also really play a role in how we relate to sport. In like, maybe it becomes an anxiety-inducing thing because our parents are vicariously living their sporting dreams through us. I know that's such a cliche. But I see it happening, especially when I was a coach. I got some nasty mums when I was coaching their kids. Why didn't you put her in this position? She's best here. What, like it's, it really does bring out the worst in people a lot of the time, I feel. No, I think so too. I think um, that's just made me realise my mum is so disinterested in sport. Like, I mean, she wouldn't even know the names of most sports if we were watching them on television. And I think because sport was never a thing for her growing up, she never even thought to not even push me, but even introduce me to it, you know? Yeah. And I think dad was just trying to be a nice dad. He was just like, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Which I is love it's that. all really sweet, isn't it? But but now I'm like, hey, fuck you guys. <laughs> I wish I played sport more. But on that note, yeah. I think what was happening a lot at home, especially at dad's, was that he was watching a lot of sport. And because I never played a lot of sport, I never really understood what I was watching. And oh, so I, I to this day, I can't watch sport. And I've tried. Yeah. Like, I'll go and see my little brother play. He plays, like, soccer and gridiron. And, and I quite enjoy that because I know someone on the team. It's like when you're watching reality TV and you know a contestant. Totally. But I have no idea what's going on. And... I think I've tried to watch boyfriends play sport. If they're if they're playing it, I'm okay. Yes, but I can't sit. Yeah, but if I I can't sit down and watch a game of AFL or cricket, I, I want to watch cricket. It feels like such a nice summer thing to do. Mm, but we we no. grew up watching cricket, but I like when you're watching cricket, you're also doing lots of other things because watching cricket is like let's go out and watch the grass grow sometimes. Um, so. I can I can watch cricket. I wouldn't say I enjoy it, but I enjoy the bonding with my brother and my dad. Um, but I do like watching league sometimes, although then I get really scared that they're going to hurt themselves. And I think the more that we dive into like the em- empath side of things, like for instance, you know how people go ham over boxing, all those big fights, like what's his name, that um, Irish dude, fuck, he's got, it's good documentary on Netflix about him. Um, I'm asking the wrong person, aren't I? <laughs> McGregor. <laughs> Conor McGregor, like when oh. all of that stuff was going on, George is like, that yeah, doesn't even sound no familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't watch those things because it's like, no. oh, you're going to hurt yourself and, oh, this yeah, is totally. dangerous, you know? Oh, and, I mean, some, some of those rugby matches are pretty fucking full on as well. I really watch them. I would really love to hear from our listeners, like, are you playing team sport and do you genuinely enjoy it? Or have you had a similar experience to George or myself, either ends of the spectrum here? And how did you get through it? Because I have dreams sometimes, George, that I'm back on the netball court playing and I wake up really missing it. But at the same time, Holly, there's lots of adult teams. You I just know, need but to I... check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm so scared I'm going to wreck myself. I know. <laughs> yeah, and it's so I, – I actually feel really nervous about it. I do. So I'd love to hear from our listeners as to, are you playing team sport? What are you playing? Where do you play? Maybe I'll come and join your team. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Okay. And just because I know that there will be netballers listening, yes, I was a goal defence. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Um, oh, wait, one, one thing I do want to say about watching sport is, um, and Holly and I were talking about this, like I can't watch I can't watch golf, I can't watch tennis, I can't watch cricket, I can't watch footy, no. but I love watching the Olympics. I love it yes. so much. It's Why like, do you think that is? I think because it's not a team sport. It's like solo people mostly. I mean, there are teams obviously, but um, I think it's it's this like sense of, oh, I, don't, I wanted to say it's like a sense of triumph and achievement. But I guess all sports are like that. I don't know. I love it, though. 
Yeah, I'm the same as you. I love my favorites are swimming and the gymnastics. Yeah. Oh, so love. good, aren't they? But I don't watch tennis. Everyone gets amongst the tennis. I do not get amongst the tennis. I don't understand how to score tennis. Can we try and play tennis when I move up? I Look, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses, but you do know I have a dodgy shoulder. So tennis is actually something I can't play. Okay, but you I can th- watch me try to play. Okay, and Ruby's really good at tennis. Oh, my God, Ruby, we're going to yeah. play tennis. Yeah, like she used to play like quite competitively, but maybe okay. when she doesn't have a baby in her belly. True that. Yeah, yeah. this is valid. <laughs> okay, done. done. On that note. And done. Um, on that note, oh, okay, so let's get into recos because, Holly, you've actually got a sports bra reco because that's my other thing. Like, the yeah. boobies playing sports, how did that go with netball? This, oh, look, the boobies playing sports with netball was really was hard. I had to sometimes double bra it, not even yeah. kidding. I would no. do sports bras. And we had to wear – they were actually kind of hot looking back. <laughs> the uniform. <laughs> they were kind of sexy. We had to wear these, like, bodysuits and they were cute little, like, lycra skirts. They were, oh. they were pretty – they were a vibe. I might – do I still have mine? I've got to whip it out. Oh, no, that could be really upsetting. We're not going to do that. I do have a <laughs> sports bra reco, maybe. Okay, good. Hit My me. sports bra reco for the week. It's the bra that I mentioned when we were talking about boobs last week. Mm. It's by Lululemon, and it's called the Enlite Bra. E-N-L-I-T-E. Maybe it's Enlite, maybe it's Enlite. Say no, what I'd you say will. No, it's in light. It's like enlightenment and like lighten up your load. Don't you reckon? I love that. She just lifted her boobs like <laughs> right on up. Okay, it's the Enlight bra. Now, it comes, I didn't realize this, but it comes in five colors. I got it in black and I've had this bra for about 18 months now and I wear it on a normal day. Now, the thing to know about this is it's kind of like a it's kind of like a singlet top. I'm going to show George a picture of it. Can you see that? Yeah. Oh, so it looks like a crop top from the front. Yeah, it looks like a crop top from the front. And on the back, it's got these big X's down the back. So it is really supportive. It's thick bands, so you wouldn't wear it under a singlet top. But it is the only sports bra that I've used where I feel really contained. That said, I don't go for runs. So if you're doing, like, jumping exercises, I know that there are other bras that are potentially better than that one. But the Elite bra is the first sports bra I've put on where I'm like, oh, my God. And it and it goes in sizes, like cup sizes. Oh, that was my next question because the last Lululemon, like, crop I bought, I had to buy, like, because it didn't come in cup sizes. So in order for the fabric to, like, actually hold my boobs, I had to go up to, uh, like, a size 14 or something. And I'm a I'm a 8 to 10 on my top. Yes, that's, yeah. what, that's why I love this bra. So it comes in sizes and cup sizes. Yeah, so okay. for instance, like a 10E or whatever oh, it is. amazing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. So it goes on over the head and then you clasp it at the back okay. and you're just in. It's such a good bra for yoga, George. And does it pull? Yeah, that's what I need it for. Does it pull yeah. on here? I'm pointing Not to my all. shoulders, everyone. No pulling. It's just it's just there. It's just like you're wearing a singlet. It's so fucking good. Great. It, <clears throat> it's... About $120, so it's an investment piece. Yeah, but you wear them at – well, I wear my sports bra every day. I'm either doing yoga or going for a walk or – Exactly, you know, and I'm actually playing team another sports. <laughs> Not really. You know, when I'm Not playing really. Apple. <laughs> um, so that is my first reco, the Enlight Bra by okay. Lululemon. Oh, sorry, and mm. you may have already mentioned this, but what colours does it come in? So it comes in blue, pink, black, skin colour and white. Amazing. All right, yeah, I'm going to go I get have one. Black. I love Get it, Lululemon. Girl. I don't know I, where I go for Lululemon around here. I'd have to. I probably have to go up to the Goldie. I would. I love Lululemon. Their their tights are just the best. Actually, everything. Their top, everything. Mm. Love. Yeah. This is not sponsored by Lululemon. It actually isn't, but it could be. You <laughs> <laughs> say that every reco. I know. <laughs> no. My next reco is a bit fun, flirty, and fresh, um, as I like to say. As expected. <laughs> I made a realization last week. With the music that I listen to, on one of my daily playlists in Spotify, all of the beautiful male voices are named James, right? Yeah, it's wild. It's actually weird. So I'm talking James Morrison, James Arthur, James Bay, James XO, and even, if we want to push it, James Blunt. (laughs) He has a funny Twitter, by the way. Does he? If you guys want Oh my god, he takes the, sh- the takes the piss. Is he the guy that sings "You're Beautiful"? Is yes. that James Blunt? Yeah. Okay, that's James Blunt. 
you want like the lols go on his twitter he just like takes the piss out of everyone like it's great does he have instagram (laughs) no actually okay i don't yeah i'll figure it out um, yeah, you just need to figure that out on your own. But I thought I'd leave with you guys three of my favourite Jameses and my favourite songs of theirs, right? So my favourite <laughs> James Morrison song. Yeah. So he bring, he sings that song, um, you give me something that makes us get all right. Um, oh, no, now I forget the name of the song. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember now. It's. You make it real. And that was actually the song I was going to walk down the aisle to a month before and then I changed my mind. So James Morrison, You Make It Real. Beautiful song. Beautiful love song. I might James... be able to play some of these songs in, in the episode. That's cool. I don't know. I'll see. You make it real for me. I'm not sure my priorities. Of where I'm meant to be, like holy water washing over me. You make it real for the next song. The next James is James Arthur. We know James Arthur now. My favorite James Arthur song is You Nobody to Somebody Loves You. That is a really good your favorite James Arthur song I really like that one but I also I don't know what it's called but it's the one that he he's talking about that relationship with his lover and how they met when she was drunk and he held back her hair and then they had kids and it was just so sweet say you won't let go okay thank you say you won't let go we danced the night away, we drank too much, I held your hair back when you were throwing I love a story song, like I love a good story. And we were talking about this the other day, my, yes. my mate, oh and Trent as well, I was saying yes. to Holly, oh you know I've got this friend and he doesn't um, know lyrics to songs, which is weird because Holly and I know every lyric to every song, even if it's not our favourite song. 100%. And um... She uh, and I said, and this friend doesn't couldn't recall any lyrics from any songs ever, even his favorite songs. And Holly's it's like, weird. oh no, Trent's the same. Yeah, it's really weird. But we're gonna do an ep on this, George, because the way that we relate to music and the fact that music is storytelling in our mind—that's why we know the lyrics because we're listening to the story. It's not just the melody, but it's different for everyone. And now my final favorite James is obviously James Bay who, can I just say, is fucking beautiful. Like, just facially, he does a lot for me. He's stunning, isn't he? Yeah. And my favourite James Bay song, although it changes, is Wild Love. It was one of my most played songs of 2018. Can you sing it again for me? No. You're going to have to look that one up. (laughs) It's not in my range. (laughs) No, it's like, I want to give you wild love. The kind that never slows down. Oh. Want to get you higher. Holly, that's really good. I love it so much. The kind that never slows down. I want to take you higher. Let our hearts be the only sound. I want to go where the lights burn low and you're only mine. I want to give you words. I love it, I love it, I love it. singing lessons since I last saw you? I'm really feeling vulnerable after the whole Freddie My Love exposure last week. But I will, um, I'm going to practice my singing lessons and maybe we'll sing a whole episode. Okay. Anyway, great. They're my recos. Um, they're great recos, and I'm gonna try and I don't know the legalities of weaving songs into podcast episodes, but oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. We'll see. Why what don't happens. you just 
You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow because opportunities come once in a lifetime. I think you've had your time on stage. (laughs) (laughs) Passing the mic over to you, George. Uh, You also have a bra record. I do. We got so excited about boobies last week that we're just like all about the boobies. And and just on that note, thank you to everybody who shared their stories in the Facebook group. It was next level it really was and um i've had so many beautiful private messages from people just thanking us for being so open and honest and um we just want to thank you guys for being so supportive of that yeah we love you guys you're the best listeners ever (laughs) so one of the things that kept coming up in the group and with holes and i is that when you do when you are a big busted lady there's a whole big part of the lingerie market that is not made for you and it's Mm. usually the sexiness of bras they start to get really kind of structural and industrial looking yeah um and i I mean there's there's something to that you know the straps have to widen a little bit to hold the load up but i still think that they can be really beautiful and i found this bra um couple of years ago now and I just keep buying it because they keep making it I think it's one of their best sellers and I showed it to Holly and she was like oh my god it's beautiful it's beautiful yeah it really is it's very affordable so it's made by Triumph um and I actually find that all Triumph bras are amazing they're an incredible fit they last really really well Mm. this particular one is part of their minimizer range now whenever you say minimizer you start to think like oh my god it must just be so full-on and tight and like lots of fabric so that your boobs look smaller now my goal was not to make my boobs look smaller but it probably takes you down about half a cup size i'd say but what it does is it really molds the the breasts really nicely but it's also really beautiful so it's called triumph sheer minimizer and I'll put a photo of it in the Facebook group. Not on me. I'll get one from the internet. I would uh, like to see it on you. <laughs> and it's, well, it's hard to describe, but it's like, it's got sheer panels and it's got lace panels and it's really beautiful and it's really sexy. And It is sexy. Yeah. yeah I was blown away by it because here I am being anti-bra and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that that existed. Yeah. And like I said, I'm about a double D, but I've got a friend who's an F cup and she wears the sheer minimizer. And she looks beautiful in it too. Like it's really, they're really, really beautiful. They come in black, like a a pink color, which is kind of a skin color, I guess. Um, Like a mocha kind of brown um, and like a lavender. They're really, they're really beautiful. And they're, they're always on sale and I love them. I've got a few from the Minimizer range. But if you struggle with sexy, big busted bras, have a look at the Triumph range. It's really great. I'm going to get on that. Again, not sponsored by Triumph. Yes. Um, <laughs> my second record. Yes. I'm actually going to, because I haven't been drinking coffee, as y'all know, um, but I have been having some hot cacao in the morning. Yeah. And I thought what I might do is actually share my cacao recipe with you. Yes. Yeah. Great idea. Because it's really simple and it's really delish. And I actually don't use any milk, so I don't use... Uh, dairy milk but I don't use nut milk either I I have this real aversion with nut milk I've got a I've got a little bit of an almond allergy in that if I have too many almonds all at once I can feel quite sick and milk nut milk obviously is really concentrated so Mm. um I started making my hot cacaos just with hot water wow and what you do is I I blend um So I've got a hot cacao mix that I make and it's basically cacao, a little tiny bit of coconut sugar, but you don't have to put sugar in it if you don't want to. You could put um, a little bit of honey or a little bit of date syrup or just have nothing. But cacao, cinnamon, a bit of cardamom, vanilla powder. And this is all just pinches of everything. So I do about a teaspoon of cacao and then a pinch of cinnamon, a pinch of cardamom, a pinch of vanilla, a pinch of cayenne pepper. Yeah, a bit of hit, um, and then I also throw. I've been throwing in some Jing from Superfeast, which is like an adrenal blend of herbs and mushrooms. But you could throw in reishi, or you could throw in um, astralagus, or like any of those like beautiful roots that you want to um, put in for medicinal benefits. 
And then I just do hot water and a teaspoon of coconut oil and put it in the blender. Now something magic happens when you mix cacao powder with coconut oil and hot water. It turns into this thick, creamy, indulgent chocolate drink and you wouldn't even know there wasn't milk in it. I can vouch for it. It's fucking delicious. I had a couple when I was with George and they were my favorite. It's so yummy. And there's just something really nice about not having a milk, like a, a, a cup full of milk in the morning. Like that. Yeah. if I go out and have like a chai or something, that actually fills me up and then I don't end up having totally. breakfast and that's just, it just doesn't sit well with me. So this is really nice and the coconut oils are good fats and yeah, I think you guys are really Yum. I really want my cow right now. I That's know. something that I miss, can I just say, yeah. not being in Byron. Finding a good chai or a good cacao in Sydney is fucking hard. And they're everywhere here, right? Like, we I didn't know. go anywhere we didn't have a good chai. Nah, I know. And ice chais, oh, oh my, my God. God. Let's just rattle off some of the best chais we had in Byron. Do you want to do that? Okay. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so, so. the Roadhouse do a really good chai. They brew it. They put um, fresh turmeric and ginger um, cold press in it. And some bush honey, and it's so good. They also do, at Rhodey, the best hot cacao that I found up there, other than George's. I was getting the hot cacaos more than the chais, and they were just fucking good. Mm, So good. Um, Bayleaf in town do a really beautiful chai. It's really spicy, which is what I love in a chai. Um, And then then where was that place in Federal you took me? Yeah, so we we went to Doma for lunch. It's a Japanese restaurant, but sort of cafe slash... Lots of fun chill vibes. outdoor chill vibes. Um, and we had an iced chai there, and they really went heavy on the nutmeg. But, oh, my God, it Ooh. was so good, wasn't it? I'm dreaming about that. I honestly was like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to make this. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I will not stop until I can. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Holly, this is so bad, but I actually have to reply to a text message that's just come through because it's really urgent. Is that okay? That is so fine. Okay. I forgive you. This is you. like real life, real time running businesses while recording podcasts. Is everything okay? Yes, it's just um, something I need to jump on now or I will lose the IT guy forever. My internet, you know, my internet's so horrible. Yes. Home. This is, this is realities of running a business and the not so glam life of doing all of the things when you're a solopreneur solopreneur yeah solopreneur um yeah okay sorry let's go all right well i mean that's a good little segue into teach me something new oh yeah yeah i can't wait for this because Mm. i remember well Holly's going to teach us about participating in a cacao ceremony, which she did recently. And we didn't really know what you were going to get yourself into. We were having a chat about it before, and I was like, what, you're just going to drink a hot cacao? That sounds like an evening at my place. But it was was way more than that, wasn't it? It was a whole thing. So I have wanted to do a cacao ceremony as long as I've heard that they were a thing because I love chocolate. It's truly, that was it. And I know that um, when you're looking at cacao from a place like energetic qualities, I always knew that it was a heart opener. So I've had cacao circles with my friends before where we've ended up like in these tears of gratitude and just feeling all of the love vibes. And so I assumed that this cacao ceremony would just be something similar to that. We'd sit around, we'd drink the cacao, and then we'd tell each other how much we love each other. Yeah, I was like, sounds like sign me up. <laughs> I am so in. And so um, Amanda is the beautiful shaman who runs the circles. Yes, it's a shamanic journey um, where I was like, oh, what have I signed up to here? And uh, it was three of my friends actually who I talk about all the time on the podcast. I might as well name them. So Cassie, who we spoke about in last episode um, with her explant journey, and then Blake, who is my coach. Who we talk about every bloody episode. Every fucking episode. Hey, Blake, if you're not listening, you're missing out. And, and then um, Janoa, who is literally my best friend in the world. So it was the four of us, and I was feeling Aside really safe me. about it. Aside from you, Obvi. <laughs> and there are so many of my best friends listening going, what the fuck, fuck you, Holly? <laughs> 
You guys all know you're my best friend. Uh, best friends forever. Setting <laughs> oh, up for failure. Um, so what ended up happening was this was not planned, but it fell on the day of the Scorpio full moon. So we know that energy was rife around then. Oh, like. Yeah. And already it was intense, let alone having to go on, not having to go, I opted to go on this shamanic journey that I had no idea what was coming. And I guess I want to preface this by saying that, you know, we hear of things like ayahuasca or San Pedro and Jules and I have spoken about this where we're like, absolutely not. We just don't trust ourselves in those conditions. Like that's plant medicine on another fucking level. But cacao is considered when you're sitting in um, circle, it is plant medicine and it is meant, um, the intention behind it is to bring things to the surface for you to live a more heart centered life. So cacao is a feminine energy and it is a really soft, gentle energy of heart, sacred heart space. And so when we entered the space and we, we sat in circle at Cass's home, um, it was a really, really beautiful set space. It was very intentional. There was incense. There was music playing. There was a beautiful altar in the center where we all had to bring a piece from Mother Earth to give to the altar. So I brought crystals. Okay. Yeah. And you got to you got to take them back, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda makes a joke. She's like, this is how I grow my crystal collection. But no, we get to take them home. So we make a little offering to the altar and then we sit around the altar. And what ensued from there before we even took a sip of cacao was just ceremonial ritual to get ourselves connected with our body and the energy of the space. So we went around the circle and we were, you know, doing a little bit of movement and then we stood up and and moved like ecstatic dance, which sounds wild to some people listening, I know, but this is just you standing with your eyes closed and letting energy move through your body as you move. Uh, We sat around and chanted a bit, which was so fun because she gave me a rattle and I got to play the rattle as we were chanting and I took it very seriously. Is it called a rattle? Is it like... I don't think so. I think it's a very revered... Kind of like a maraca? Well, it wasn't a maraca because it wasn't (laughs) vibes. It was like this beautiful long stick with feathers and I was like... Oh, oh my God. I love those sticks. It was amazing. And the like the energy was building and we were really getting into it. Like, bless us. We were like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're going here. And we were like singing at the top of our lungs. It was very wild. And then Amanda, I love you she so had. Much. <laughs> it was just. It was wild, full stop. It was wild, full stop. And then we had the cacao. So we had to mm. go up one at a time. Oh, she had saged us as well. And Neil at, 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 with like facing Amanda. And she had us um, rub some beautiful rose oil on our hands and inhale that. And that was just creating more like heart opening energy and then she handed us our cacao and I need to say it's not cacao you buy in the shops right this is like sacred cacao from Peru which is it's got the energetic qualities that you need to ignite this experience and the way that she blends it she actually adds cacao uh, cayenne as well in her cacao um and it's just to give it that little bit of a kick And so it's pure. If you look up, there's a proper terminology. I'm not using the right terminology, but sacred cacao from Peru, it's blocks, like chunks. It just looks like chunks of chocolate. Yeah. And then that's melted down. That's it. That's all it is. And does she do this in front of you? She's prepared it. So she's brought it prepared and she, like, she's in that preparation. It's a whole thing in itself where they use Palo Santo and they use other, like, intention ritual music to infuse the cacao with the energy of being that heart-opening initiator. So then we each sit down with our cacao and we intentionally sip and we drink it until it's done and then we lie down. And it's just like I experienced in the breath work where you lie there and you're thinking nothing's going to happen. And she even says, you're thinking that nothing's going to happen. It's totally fine. Whatever journey you go on is a journey for yourself. You're going to hear your friends go through certain things, know that they are safe. And I'm lying there like I literally just drank cacao and we sang and danced. What do you mean? Next minute, in tears, like sobbing and I felt really comfortable to go there because I experienced breath work so I had had that experience of a shamanic journey before and I was like okay I trust that whatever's coming up I need to shed 
Now, my journey, and we all had, again, very different journeys, but my journey was a reclamation of my masculine that I have been really resisting over the last 18 months as I tap more into my work with my feminine. And what I saw in my journey was every man I have ever loved, be it a high school crush, like I'm talking my first crush from preschool that I didn't even remember. He came to me, his full name, and it was this list of men. And like my dad, my uncle, my brother, they all came to me and highlighted all of the ways where I felt not good enough for them. It was full on. I was crying and like sobbing and Amanda came and like really helped me move through it. She was so intuitive. She even whispered to me at one point, which is a big thing I'm working on in the moment. She whispered, you are worthy of being seen. And I was like, oh, I know. Did you tell me that? No, I don't think I did. I just realized it as I was telling the story. Oh my God. Yeah. she she whispered that to me. She was really intuitive and like she comes and massages you and puts things on you to really move through it. But then from there, I had these beautiful tears of absolute gratitude for Trent. Like he came up and I was like, he is the one man in my life who has never let me down. He's like never disappointed me. Like I was just a mess. It was this real emotional high and low. Mm. And then from the end of that, I realized that, oh, that journey of me projecting outwardly where the men in my life had let me down was actually where I had let myself down mm. in my own masculine. Yeah. It was it was nuts. It was yeah. just I'm still processing. It's been two weeks. I'm still processing. Okay. So if you were to compare the experience to breath work, mm. what, you, what did you feel? Are they just different experiences or do you feel like one kind of felt more aligned with you or what do you think? I, I really got a lot out of both of them. I feel like breath work is more heavy. I feel like breath work was more intense. Yeah. Breath was me like contorting my body and like, like, like throwing myself around and making noises. I made a lot of noises in breath work. Um, with the cacao, it was more emotional release and, and it was very gentle, like really, really gentle. So what, like... <laughs> I have so many questions. I wish Amanda was here so I could ask her, but you'll do. <laughs> you'll do. Um, I get it. <laughs> Okay, so like my fear with ayahuasca, and I've got a lot of friends who've done it, is that mm. it is a hallucinogenic drug. And yeah. um, once you're in it, you're in it. You can't get out of it. Um, and some people have beautiful experiences transformative expansive experiences and some people have super terrifying experiences and feel like they're trapped for days when it's only been a few hours so that is not something that i want to experience right never never now cacao um my experience with cacao is that it gives you a little bit of a serotonin high but like are you actually hallucinating what's going on there's minuscule, and I don't want to be quoted on this because I did look it up before I did it, but there are really, really minuscule components of something similar to a hallucinogenic. It's not a hallucinogenic. No. It's more that heightened heart-centered energy that yeah. you're tapping into that's giving you these experiences. And the guys in the circle with me had very different, like I'm pretty yes. sure Blake just smiled for two hours, like having yeah. the time of his life, you know? And, of course, yeah. we, we won't we won't talk about what they experienced, but no. the, the thing was that everyone was experiencing something, right? Exactly. It yeah. wasn't like people lying there going, nothing's happening. Like it's bringing to surface whatever you've suppressed that is ready for you to kind of sit with in tapping more into your heart space. Like it was really beautiful. Afterwards, we were just all hugging each other, saying how much we loved each yeah. other. It was really, really beautiful. Okay. And it's obviously a very different cacao to the cacao I put in our hot cacaos in the morning. It is not the cacao you buy at the shops. It's these no. big slabs of Peruvian, like, ancient cacao that is then melted down. She adds a little bit of cayenne and a little bit of something else to give it that little, like, that kick. kick. But that's it. Like, it's like thick chocolate. It's so yummy. And it's so good, George, that I'm actually doing a, a circle for my 30th, which you are coming to, so you get to experience it. Oh, my God. I actually cannot wait. And it's going to be a really beautiful group of women too. I think that's really important with all of these ceremonies. We kind of spoke about it with the breathwork stuff. I know a lot of people go and do breathwork in big groups and they don't know everyone there. But I know from my personal experience, because a lot can come up, I'm, I, I feel like I'll be more open and expansive if I know that I feel supported in the room. 
Exactly. You've got to feel safe in all of these sorts of things because you don't know what you're getting yourself into and you don't know what will come up. And you've also really got to trust the person leading it. So I had met with Amanda prior to actually sitting in ceremony with her uh, and I I really trusted her. I knew that she was going to hold the space beautifully, which she did, um, and to bring us out of things if we were getting a bit too deep. But with cacao, as I said, it's it's nowhere near as intense as any of the other heavier plant medicine, um, but it still gives you that experience of, yeah, what have I been suppressing and what can I move through? It's been incredibly rewarding for me. Oh, I'm so excited. So if people want to what, what do people have to do? You can't hold your own. You've got to get a no. shaman, right? You, yeah, yeah. So I'll put Amanda's details in the Facebook group so that you can reach out to her. She does ceremonies um, on weekends in Bondi. I think they're in Bondi. Um, so she'll just hold space for people who want to come along. There's a woman that does it up here on her property. I met her at one of the shamanic trainings I used to cater. So uh, we have to go and do one of hers when you're up here. I would love it so much. It's so, do you know what the best thing about it, any of these sitting in ceremony things is? It's completely releasing yourself of your inhibitions and being free and surrendering to, you know, what are people going to think of me or this is so weird and like, like why are we dancing right now? It's like put all that shit aside and just allow yourself to be free and it's so liberating. Any kind of any kind of ceremony I think is really advantageous to start introducing into your life, whether it's the ceremony of rubbing your breasts with, with oil or yes. chanting. Like have you ever been have you ever been to um, a chanting ceremony? I actually haven't, no. Oh my god, Holly, you would love it so much because you get to hear the sound of your own voice. Yes. But you get really, really uh, hypnotized by the mantra and it's yes. oh, it's so beautiful. We should do one when you're up here. Please and then we'll share with it. Yeah, we'll share it on it's the air. So transformative. Yeah. When I was in India a couple of years ago and I stayed in an ashram, we had to do chanting. It was an hour and a half of chanting in the morning and an hour and a half of chanting at night. And it was just incredible. We were in this big room. There would have been about, I reckon, about three, four hundred people in there at a time, all chanting. It was incredible. (gasps) I have goosebumps. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's another episode done. That flew, don't you think? It did, didn't it? Except I held on the whole time. I didn't go to the bathroom once. Oh, my gosh. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. But I'm busting to go. (laughs) So with that, we'll see you in the Facey group and we'll catch you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.